The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Allison Childs with the Center for Creative Leadership. Kathy and Relly have helped thousands of people like you become better performers, managers, and leaders with their unique approaches to coaching. Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach with the International Coaching Federation. A psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, Dr. Nadler brings his expertise and emotional intelligence to all his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. Dr. Nadler's Leaders Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. For more information and free tools by Relly Nadler, go to www.truenorthleadership.com. New York Times bestselling author Kathy Greenberg wins hearts and minds around the world with her internationally acclaimed books on the new science of happiness, including what happy companies know and what happy working mothers know. Kathy is available for a variety of consulting and coaching programs where you can learn to apply her unique happiness equals profit business formula. For more on Kathy's coaching, tools, consulting, and keynote speaking, go to www.h2cleadership.com or www.whathappyworkingmothersknow.com for free tips and downloads. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Adler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is on the line for the show today. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show uh, features a filmmaker. We have Lisa Cypers came in on the show. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a filmmaker, an author, a professor, and a motivational speaker specializing in the fields of happiness. Lisa is widely recognized as an expert on that subject. And Lisa uh, has an acclaimed documentary film, The H Factor, Where Is Your Heart?, which explores how people in varied circumstances find, generate, and share happiness. And so we'll get a lot more into exactly what that is and, and how to get in touch with Lisa. And as you know, Kathy and I, we want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we always want to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. It's a pleasure to be here today with Lisa Kamen. She's going to be talking to us about happiness, all aspects of happiness. And uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Lisa a couple years ago when she came to interview me for her documentary, and I was delighted to be a part of her experience, the H Factor, Where Is Your Heart? And today we're going to not only talk about happiness, <clears throat> pardon me, got a little frog there in my throat, um, but we're also going to talk about lots of tools and tips 
that obviously Lisa's going to share with us, but that Relly and I will also share on how you can be the best leader possible and how you can actually increase the love of leadership in your firm. <clears throat> Guys, we're going to have to stop. Hold on. There's something going on here <clears throat> with my... It's an absolute delight today to welcome Lisa came into our show. And I was fortunate enough to meet Lisa a few years ago when she was doing her documentary film, H Factor, Where Is Your Heart? And I was one of those lucky people who got to be interviewed. I also want to make sure that everybody who's listening knows that Lisa is going to talk to us a lot today about the tips and tools you can use for your happiness, both at work and at home. And, of course, Relly and I always want you to know about how to apply all the tools and tips that our guests are bringing to us every week. And we hope that you also know that leaders are a really important part of your organization, whether it's you or those around you. And most leaders will underestimate just how much influence they have on others. And as a result, they and their teams, well, they can underperform. But doing just a few things differently, as Lisa's going to tell us today, we're going to improve not only our performance, but that of our organization. And in every show, we love to talk to you about gender and, um, well, let's see, differences and similarities. We also like to talk about generational issues and how to develop more leaders in your organization, recognizing not only those factors, but what happy companies know, and emotional intelligence, and also brain and neuroscience contributions to leadership and leadership development. And we're going to touch on all those subjects today with Lisa, and hopefully by the end of the show, you'll have a little bit more information on how to get better work-life balance practices and strategies for managing you and your boss. You know, Relly and I love all of our audience members to know that leadership is a science. So, Relly, could you just share a few of the data points and statistics on leadership development and why it's so important? Sure, Kathy. Thank you. Well, on Leadership Development News, we talk about leaders, and the reason is that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And one of the main reasons is that emotions are contagious. And if you think about that for a moment, who's the most contagious person on the team as far as emotions go? Well, that's the leader. We like to call the leader the emotional thermostat. So depending on how they are, so goes their team. If they're calm, cool, and collected, most likely that's how their team deals with situations. And one of the keys is to try to get somebody into the top 10%. You may have your C players and your B players, but what's the goal that we have here today to give you some tips to get people to move into the top 10%? And the reason why that's such a tipping point is that leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. And one of the key ways to get in there in that top 10% is through emotional intelligence. When you look at that compared to how smart somebody is and technical expertise, each of those are important, but the, one of the keys is these emotional intelligence strategies a lot, which uh, is the topic of our show. And if you think about also how you move people into that top 10%, training is really important. And in most organizations, some of the research shows that training can help productivity as much as 22%. But if you add coaching, individualized coaching, where you can individualize learning, care level of learning, the productivity goes from 22% up to about 88% if someone has ongoing coaching. And some ways to do that are these small actions, micro-initiatives that we like to say create macro-impacts. 
and from some of the research in Kathy's book, uh, What Happy Companies Know, you can increase your performance by as much as 77% while increasing your life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% with coaching. So we're going to talk a lot about happiness with Lisa today. And if you want more information uh, from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. She's got a whole list of happiness books, tools, and speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. If you're interested in me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books. There's some free uh, EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, you want to tell us a little bit more about about Lisa? It would be my pleasure. Uh, Lisa is a um, she's an, she calls herself an accidental filmmaker, but we'll learn some more about what that really means. But as a filmmaker, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, uh, Lisa is widely recognized as an expert on the subject. Uh, Lisa's acclaimed documentary film, H Factor, Where Is Your Heart?, explores how people in varied circumstances find, generate, and share happiness. In addition to her film on happiness, Lisa has published a number of articles and is currently working on a new book on the subject. Lisa also travels the U.S. presenting her Harvesting Happiness workshops and seminars to groups such as the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation, Equinox Fitness, Motherhood, Inc., etc. And I'm sure there's a whole list that we couldn't possibly have the time to go through here. As a guest lecturer at the University of Southern California and a participant in Project PLUS, it's a multidisciplinary research project on happiness and how it can impact the world, Lisa brings to her Harvesting Happiness workshop the most up-to-date research and information combined with her simple, no-nonsense, warm, and humorous approach to facilitating joy. Currently living in Los Angeles, California, Lisa is the mother of two active children. She's dedicated to the success of the Sulaksmi School for Girls in Lucknow, India, an educational organization whose mission is to provide basic education to impoverished children in need. Her Harvesting Happiness workshops and films, um, in, in fact, help support this cause through their proceeds. And additional information can be found on her websites at www.lisacayman.com, www.harvestinghappiness.com, and www.whatisyourhappiness.com. Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Lisa, this is great. We want to uh, pick your brain on, around happiness. And, and uh, usually the way we like to start is try to get an idea a little bit more about you and your background, who's been some of the key people who have been influential, and also, um, you know, how you got so interested in the topic of happiness. Well, uh, for starters, I went back to school at midlife to become a psychologist, and I needed a thesis project in order to graduate, and I had the good fortune of taking a cycling trip to northern India. Hmm. So when you ask of me, you know, who are the most influential people, people and thinkers, I have to say it was the people of India, because while cycling around the northernmost area of India and Rajasthan, I noticed that these people who were completely impoverished were happy. And a light bulb went off in my mind that how can that be? In Western society in America, we have the, such abundance and good fortune, and yet people just don't seem to be happy. 
and here I am in the midst of complete poverty, and the lights are on in people's eyes. They're engaged. They're fully alive, even though they don't have very much and would give you what they do have. So that was an influential aha moment in my life, and I was able to say, well, there's the thesis to go out and prove that happiness really comes from within, that happiness exists irregardless of external circumstances and is available at any time through choice, and that maybe we've got something a bit backwards in the Western world when it comes to happiness and recognizing what it truly is. That's really amazing because when you look at the um, the CNN website uh, where they look at uh, happiness and your health from the program that they did a couple of years ago on happiness and your health, the primetime special, they post uh, in order the happiest companies uh, to the least happiest companies. And um, that that just amazes me because if you, in fact, look at that list, Lisa, and I'm, I'm sure at some point or another you've come across it, um, those companies um, are not companies, but those countries that have um, some of the highest poverty levels have some of the highest happiness levels. Yes. Amazing. So, so Lisa, um, we're going to get into kind of the work you do today, but I'm just curious. So you did your dissertation on, on happiness, and maybe you can say, tell us a little bit about that, and imagine that was a springboard for what you're doing today. Well, it is, it's a continuum of what I'm doing today. The project, um, I started it approximately three years ago, Lisa, and it went... I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. Okay for one second, and uh, we're going to get ready here to go to a break. But when we come back, I want you to be prepared to answer that question and more, and you're listening to Leadership Development News, so come right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know, 
and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at 1 866 472 5790. That number again is 1 866 472 5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today, we're talking with uh, Lisa. Cypress came in and um, talked to her about her H factor. And before uh, the break, Lisa, we were just trying to get an idea of some of the research uh, that you did for your dissertation and, and how that jump-started you uh, into the things that you're doing now. So maybe you can walk us back to how this came about or what you did. Well, go- going back to this cycling trip in northern India to realizing that this would be the the thesis project for my master's degree. The project quickly went from zero to 60 within probably 30 days of its conception, and I realized I was really on to something. I wasn't on to something just personally for my own fulfillment, the exploration of happiness, but that it really became a passion and a life path and gave me a sense of purpose, place, and meaning with the work that I was doing in school that really led me to an encore career. And that was a spectacular revelation for myself. I started in, in uh, my first career as an architect, so I've evolved to a very different place with this work. And it's been very rewarding, enlightening, and I see that the, the, the good that it does, that it serves people to realize that happiness is something that truly matters, not um, uh, uh, selfishly or narcissistically or even ego-based, but to have a good life, to be able to pursue a life where one flourishes is not only good for oneself, but the domino effect that it has to others or around ourselves um, is the virus. It's the, it's the happy virus, and it can only do good. Lisa, when you uh, talk about your workshops, Harvesting Happiness, can you tell us what these workshops are about and, and what kinds of uh, individuals come to these programs? The workshops are, uh, they can be as short as a a one-hour brief overview or as long as a day, and they involve the screening of my film, H-Factor, Where is Your Heart?, followed by a Q&A that usually is very lively and interactive, and then I get into some very interactive kinds of exercises with the group because oftentimes the people who come to these workshops don't necessarily know one another. So it's a wonderful opportunity to be curious and inquire as to what makes somebody else happy. 
And lastly, we finished the, the project with a hands-on, if you will, art kind art project, which is about creating a vision for happiness and then executing it in a visual way. Um, vision boarding is what many people call it. But that sounds a bit hokey and new agey, although it is a very powerful tool for setting intentions and, and manifesting uh, things that we want in our life or outcomes to situations that we want in our life, happiness being the focus of the Harvesting Happiness Workshop. Outstanding. And I imagine the uh, the vision that they walk away with then is, is something that they can have, have in the room, and really we just know from, from learning theory that the, you need that constant reinforcement, so that sounds like that really helps. It really helps, and I receive wonderful feedback from people about their vision boards coming true. And it can be something as simple as I had a workshop recently with Equinox Fitness where one of the women was training for a marathon, and she put her time, her goal time, mm-hmm. on her vision board. And I got the feedback that she was able to um, meet that goal, and she was thrilled, and she attributed part of the result to setting the intention, for, for putting atten- attention to that intention. Now, Lisa, a lot of our listeners uh, are probably wondering, you know, what is what is a, a what does a vision board look like? How might you make one? Can you give us a little guidance, uh, as you would if you were doing a workshop? Yes, a vision board can be very simple, very complex. What I like to do in my workshops is give people about an 18 by 24 inch piece of cardboard and ask them to bring to the workshops. And we also supplement in the workshops magazines of all kinds. And it's about uh, going through those magazines and finding words or images or phrases that um, are emblematic of what happiness represents to the individual. And it can be as simple as their children, um, career, money, buying their first home, um, reaching a financial goal or an athletic goal, whatever those pursuits are. And they can be multiple ones on the same page, you know, sometimes creating different quadrants of the page that address certain issues in one's life, and sort of filling filling in the blanks with images that are supportive of the intention. So that's good. That's that, that's very helpful for folks. And I think we know from any kind of sports or performance technology, you know, that visualization is always always really key, and then having something physical. So let me ask you. Uh, the next question, Lisa, why is happiness so important to a person's success? So you can tell us a little bit about some, how you, what you found out about that. Well, happy people generally are more successful. They're, they're healthier. They contribute more. Um, they participate more in the world. They show up with enthusiasm. They show up with wonder. They show up with adventure. And from an economic perspective, happy people spend more. And I think that that's a very interesting um, notion, that when we are feeling good about ourselves and we're feeling plugged into the world, we just participate more on every level. We do, and it's amazing, as you were saying, it's like a contagious virus. Yep. And uh, I know that often when you wake up and you're not in the best mood, if you kind of fake it till you make it, yeah, uh, you can actually turn yourself around. Those of us who aren't lucky enough to have been born a glass half full <laughs> have to work on that a lot. Do you do you see this common happiness factor um, on a global level? It, 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 more specifically, do I see that people are 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 happy and then the happiness spreads yes, virally? Yes. 
Yes, I do. And in fact, I think if you were to, one were to ask the question of different cultures and places about happiness, they would say, well, you know, if I'm happy, then, then my family's going to be happier or my coworkers are going to be happier. And I think that there is a basic understanding of that more outside of Western culture than within it. Because we tend to, um, the other cultures tend to be more um, community-based or tribally-based and much more aware of family and extended family as being the primary tools for a happier life. So, Lisa, you started uh, answering a little bit of the, of the thought that I had, especially about kind of what you saw in India. Uh, you know, if you had to go back and say, oh, so I'm sure you said this is what started your journey. Why are they so happy? What, so what are what are some of those common things of what you saw in India and I imagine then generalized to others? I believe that one of the number one contributors to happiness for the people of India when speaking with them is connection, that they are a, a highly connected society, that, that family and friends and relying upon one another, not just for communication, but actually for their daily well-being, for the care and keeping of themselves and others, is highly dependent on one another. And I think that that is also, you know, studies in Denmark have showed the same thing, that it is that sort of community connection that contributes to happiness. And I think if you were to ask, um, well, we've asked hundreds of people within the United States just randomly, man-on-the-street-style interviews, about happiness, most the most frequent answer is family, is connection, is friendship, and we are we're we're social creatures. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the the whole brain and behavioral science component of connecting is so important, but also the heart. You know, yeah. the heart is important, and um, in your you know in your uh, your film, you use that word. Uh, I'm just curious how you came to to find that as the title. Well, we use uh, H-factor, where is your heart? Because really happiness is about where our hearts lie, you know, where where we become the most filled, and whether it's through our families or through connection with friends or through work or through uh, finding passion, place, purpose, meaning, um, serving others, that's where our heart lies. That's where we feel best, and that's where we feel like our flourishing, where, where we are flourishing, I'm sorry. And that is how the Harvesting Happiness workshops grew, was this notion of happiness as being something that could be cultivated like a crop. Mm. So that's a great, that's a great metaphor, that, you know, that you're not necessarily inborn, you know, or maybe you are with a certain kind of uh, quotient, but you can, always, you can always add to it and you can harvest it. So tell us a little bit about more, um, why did you do this film? You know, what is your happiness and, and where has it taken you in your work? Well, at first, I, I began the film project out of necessity. You know, I needed to graduate from my psychology program. I, I, it required a thesis. And it was as if somebody or something said, there's the project, which, you know, here I am riding a bike, which is quite a vigorous, physical, laborious experience in 110-degree heat. But the fact that I was able to observe what was going on around me and see that there was an opportunity for me to really learn and to share that knowledge with others, started the film project, and it was a life-altering experience because I had gone into the psychology program with the goal of having a private practice, and I quickly realized with the onset of this project that 
this, this was the practice or this is the practice, that it's not about sitting in an office across from somebody um, discussing their problems, but on a more global level, offering people this simple concept that happiness or contentment or well-being or flourishing is a matter of choice. And that choice can be made on a daily basis. When we, when we get up every morning, we can decide, how am I going to show up in the world? How am I going to be with myself? How am I going to be with others? And that is not predicated upon yesterday. It's only predicated upon today. You know, Lisa, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking, you know, this is, this is great. We're, we're so thankful to know that happiness is something that we can uh, you know, invoke or evoke, and it's something that we can work on, something we can actually plan for. But um, what I want to do when we come back from our next break is I want you um, to help us understand what tips leaders can use when they have to deliver bad news in tough times like we're dealing with right yes. now. So that's a hard one. So we're going to give you a minute there to think about that one. Okay. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking to Lisa Kamen, and we'll be right back, so don't go away. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're uh, talking with the filmmaker Lisa Cypress came in. She has a film, Harvesting Your Happiness. We're just talking about how do you harvest your happiness. And before the break, Kathy was priming us to the idea of uh, in, in our economic times now, how, how do you give bad news to people, you know, maybe in organizations, and maybe still maintain that, that level of happiness? Hey, anything you found out about that that may be helpful? Well, one of the things I like to point out to people in this happiness business, because people oftentimes will joke about me being mishappy or uh, making light of the fact that happiness is a serious pursuit, is that life is tough, that adversity is part of the human experience, and it's how we relate to these issues when they arrive that is that is the key, and that every problem, no, ba- no matter how big or small, can be treated like it's Armageddon, or an opportunity to solve a puzzle and grow. So one of the things that I like to talk about in terms of delivering bad news or um, uh, reporting something that is less than happy is that having less or doing less does not automatically dictate being less, that operating with fewer resources and capital does not necessarily dictate gloom, doom, and negativity when, in fact, employees are empowered to know and believe that their creativity, loyalty, and willingness to help rebound the organization are valued, then they will rise to the occasion because people do enjoy challenge. That, that in the opportunity of distress, there is an opportunity for stress to breed growth. And that is not uh, to say that if there are layoffs coming when, it, when a, uh, a leader or a manager is, is delivering a separation notice, that that is that is extremely stressful and it uh, can be extremely um, depressing, hurtful, and people often don't know where to turn. But one of the things that can be stressed is this notion of reframing, of turning the the, the negative into a positive or the loss into a gain, with the opportunity to pursue perhaps passions or interests that weren't able to be done so prior. Um, and turned into opportunities for growth and perhaps new business opportunities. You know, that that really is a great message for people to hear. And um, it's, it's, I think, fabulous that there are ways for people to look at information from different perspectives. And, you know, Relly and I are often trying not to, to judge how people look at something, but it's very hard for someone to hear that, as a result of the challenges that are going on economically, they're going to lose their job. What can somebody do to keep their level of happiness and self-esteem high enough to be able to continue, move on, and search for something new? Well, the number one thing that comes to my mind is humor. To to continue to possess humor even in unlaughable moments. And that is a very, very difficult concept. But... um, Consider performing an old trick in a new way or shifting our views of the situation and 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 really um, think about changing the colored glasses through which we view the world. 
that oftentimes we are we receive bad news and we automatically think that it's bleak because it's a knee-jerk response, when in fact it can be a blessing in disguise. So that is one of the tools. Good self-care is another tool that when going through adverse times, it's really important to eat well, sleep well, exercise well. And there are a couple of other things that I like to offer people as uh, for their consideration. Uh, one is gratitude, being able to be thankful for the things that are right in life instead of complaining about the things that are wrong or dwelling in the adverse moment. And that can be um, as simple as just being grateful for being alive, uh, for our children's health, for uh, not being kicked to the curb sooner, so be it, if that's what happens. And the other item is service, to go out into the world, especially when going through the adverse moments and doing something for somebody else. And this has been one of the most highly successful tools that I've shared in the workshop. And doing something for somebody else can be being a parking meter angel when you're walking by someone's expired meter, putting in a quarter that may just save that. Oh, that's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) (laughs) Or buying a cup of coffee for the person behind you at at the coffee shop or paying for the parking ticket in the parking lot for the person behind you and quickly scurrying through the parking lot so they can't find you. In other words, getting out of one's own way and one's own adverse moment to see that no matter what the situation, that there is a a way around it or to put it aside just for a moment to collect oneself to come back to the problem and solve it more efficiently. Outstanding. Those those are all so good, Lisa, and I, I know... Kath and I, we like to talk about the brain neuroscience, and I think each of those things that you've described, <clears throat> giving someone a new perspective, shifts them from the emotional part of the brain to some of the prefrontal cortex <clears throat> where they see perspective. And, and so in, in one way, they, they feel less of the emotion and that sense of removing them from the emotion but having that perspective, whether it's humor or service um, or, sh- or reframing. So those are all really, really helpful things. Hopefully our listeners can uh, move forward with that. So tell us a little bit um, more about like, when you, if you're in organizations, um, you know, why is it so challenging for some of these folks to be optimistic? Uh, you know, some of it, you gave them some of these individual tips, but are there some things that you're seeing in, in either corporate executives that you're working with, why it's so challenging? What I see in, in, in the corporate setting is uh, it's starting with the individual that there may be a corporate culture that may not always be happy or um, smiling, but if we can reach the individual within that corporation and ask them to evaluate and be responsible for their own happiness, they inevitably come back into that group setting or the group dynamic in a better place. So it elevates the H factor, if you will, of, of the group. So I think it's it's the reverse. It's not in, within the corporation. It, it is within the individual. And that's the work that I do where I hope to reach people first because the natural byproduct of it is an elevated happiness level for everybody or an overall um, higher level of well-being for the group. Lisa, when you are um, looking at new ideas for capturing and harnessing the energy of happiness, um, either through a workshop or through your articles or in your book, what is it that 
perhaps triggers that moment that that grabs your attention, that takes you into being able to quantify it or process it or look at it just as you've described? Well, I think my own life experience, you know, my own willingness to confront adversity differently, that um, that there are no victims, only volunteers, and if we can uh, step aside from the story of things being done to us and take responsibility for what we can create for our lives, I think that we end up being happier overall. So these are all really good things, uh, Lisa, and and I think, like, your message, you know, the happiness is an inside job. Um, Maybe give us an idea. If someone wanted to see your uh, film, you know, how how do they go about that? And maybe just a little bit of an idea of what what is in that. I know you use it for your your, uh, seminars, but is it open to the public, or can people get a hold of that, or they have to get it through you, or...? Um, they can uh, get a hold of the film through me. They can contact me at lisa at whatisyourhappiness.com or lisa at harvestinghappiness.com. Um, the film is not yet for sale. It's actually being re-edited to be sent to the film festivals because that's mm. a personal goal of mine mm-hmm. with the project, and this is part of that accidental filmmaking pursuit. Um, that the film was a, a medium for me to teach, but I realized that the message... Um, uh, really is well received in academic environments, and so I'm going to give it a try in film yeah. festivals and see what happens. There are uh, many, many uh, clips available at the whatisyourhappiness.com website, so people can click on there and get a feel for what the content of the film is. And um, I can be reached for screenings, and um, the film is growing, and and we're doing lots of interesting things with it to repackage the film in smaller clips in you know eight to ten minute clips to be used for teaching. Um, a university in Israel recently took the film and translated it into Hebrew, yeah. and used uh, broke the clip down by segment, the the film down by segment rather, and used it to introduce each component of their two or three day positive psychology conference, which uh, was a lesson to me in another way that this work can be utilized. How long is the is the film? Uh, we said earlier that it's a documentary. How long is that? Presently, it's thirty minutes. Uh, we are expanding it to fifty-two minutes, uh-huh. and um, hopefully, we'll we'll receive some distribution. It would be really nice for me, in terms of my purpose and, and sure. what I intend to do with this work, to get it out in the world on a more um, uh, global basis. Mm-hmm. Are there clips of folks in India? There in- are clips of folks in India on oh, okay. there. There's um, there's clips of uh, people who are living off of the street um, yes. in New York and in, in around the world, um, and they're talking about what would make them happy. Really small things like yeah. a hot cup of coffee or a cardboard box mm-hmm. that they could use for shelter. It's an amazing it's an amazing video. Um, Lisa, I, I think what we'll do is we're going to take another short break. And then we're going to come right back and talk to you a little bit more about the film, about your new book, what you're focused on, and uh, what other interesting information you want to share with our listeners to help them be their best and use happiness the way you've intended. So please come right back. We're talking to Lisa Kamen.
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with filmmaker, author, professor, and speaker, uh, Lisa Kamen. And we're talking to Lisa about her film, the H factor, where is your heart? So, Lisa, maybe tell us a little bit more, you know, about the, about the film and um, other things that may be on your site that are related and kind of where you know where you're going from here, so that our listeners can start following you. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Um, the film, one of my favorite interviews in the film, uh, include uh, prisoners. We did a lot of work in prisons for both men and women. And in the 30-minute cut, we have several interviews with inmates, and many of those inmates had committed murder. And this was a very um, stunning revelation for myself and the very small crew that we went into the prison to see, in that 
when you ask somebody who is living under extremely adverse circumstances about their happiness, especially people who have no way out, I mean, this is their last stop, what their happiness is, and they come back with the same responses that you or I would say, which include family, connection, helping others, and helping others even in the context of the prison community, which is very much a community, I was blown away. I had uh, respect and reverence, and I had the moment of seeing where there are six degrees of separation, that there was not much difference between myself and the man across from me except a bad decision. So that's really the message that I want to get out with this work that happiness really, really comes down to choice. And we have several of those interviews on the website. Uh, in the upcoming re-edit, we will have a lot of the women included in the film because the women are extremely savvy and bright and articulate and have really wonderful responses to the question about what their happiness is. In addition to the film clips on the website, there are blogs, there are links, there are articles that I've written and that goes for the Harvesting Happiness website as well. And uh, just links, uh, a connection, how, how, how to get to me, to hook up uh, to speak further about happiness for private coaching or for the workshops. Lisa, when you think about all of the different people that you've spoken to over the years about the subject, um, obviously hundreds, possibly thousands, is there any one person, any one story, that really um, stands out in your mind and your heart? Yes. Um, There was a homeless man that lived near my home that I had solicited for months to be part of the project. And I also want to mention that one of the very special parts of this film is I work with my daughter, who is now 12 and a half years old, and she started with me when she was nine as one of the camera people the primary camera person, in fact. We gave her a small HD camera, and it was a way for her and I to spend time together and for her to travel with me. And I wanted to teach my children, both of them, but particularly my daughter, since she was the camera person, about um, people who were not as fortunate as as she is. And my children have had uh, the great luck and fortune to be raised with extreme abundance and also the great fortune to uh, be challenged in, in these economic times because it's affected us as well. Having said that, I wanted my daughter to understand that because someone was homeless didn't make them unapproachable or without a heart. So we solicited this gentleman for months, and he kind of was very hesitant. He wanted to take a shower one day before we filmed him. He wanted to eat another. He was very hesitant. But one day he agreed to to be filmed, and we spent quite a bit of time with him talking about happiness. And he had a real grasp of where happiness resides for himself and in general. And about two or three days after we were able to uh, film him, he died. He died of heart failure behind a Starbucks near our home. And the only reason I found out about it is a, a friend of mine also would talk to the same homeless guy that he had a real affinity for this man and we would both, you know, feed him and check in on him and his medication quite regularly. And he was 56 years old, but he taught a lot, and he taught a lot in very quiet ways. And that is another lesson to me about about happiness and this work. 
And so along with that, uh, so what were some of the things that that he uh, earmarked that made him happy? Not having to make too many decisions. Uh-huh. Uh, he had made a choice to be on the street because life was easier for him there, and it, one would think it would be the other way yeah. around. But he didn't have as much responsibility. He didn't have to make as many decisions, and he felt happy with the freedom, I think. Uh And I think that's something that we grossly underestimate when we aspire to have more. Well, I think you bring up a really good point that kind of sometimes more add complexity, more complexity than adds to that sense of overwhelm and stress. And, you know, for some people, that's when we don't make as many good decisions because now we're, we're too stressful and we've made those choices going back to what you said happiness is a choice yeah you know as you're you're talking about this this individual i'm sure there are many many individuals um just like them and um he was very lucky to have a group of people in the community who looked after him when you look at what you're putting in your book um are those similar stories that are in your book are they different what can you give us a little insight into the book Well, the book is about harvesting happiness for skeptics and seekers because many people often approach me with the idea of happiness as being a hogwash. You know, it is a, it's a silly pursuit. So it's for skeptics or? Skeptics and seekers. Okay. Presenting the notion for those who doubt that happiness is of value. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part of the book is experiential. You know, I've been working in this happiness world for a few years and when I started the work, I was in an extremely ab- ab- abundant economic uh, situation, and now things are a bit more challenging. And it's an opportunity for me to really walk my talk and show up every day in the world happy, plugged in, engaged, interested, and joyful, even though I know that life is not always perfect, even though I know that there are adverse moments that can be extremely challenging. But it's my relationship to the issue. It's the choices that I make every day. It's how I want to be in the world, which is joyful and connected with the world around me, that I can live by example with this work, not only um, to my children, but to, to people in general, to the world. So, Lisa, if you were to say, because I think all of us are, are kind of on this journey for happiness, what's what's some of your your best personal practices that you may do. You I mean you listed some earlier, you know, that people could do. But so what I mean, what's the one or two that you maybe do on a consistent level? And I think this that that's a key is do people do this consistently, not every once in a while. So is there anything that that really works for you on a daily basis? Yes, I exercise almost daily. I meditate almost daily for 20 minutes. I found that meditation is a way for me to not only calm my mind, but also receive information and clarity on issues that I may be working on. And it's a form of spiritual practice for me personally without being religious or Bible-thumping. I think that eating well for myself, sleeping well, the things that I suggest to others I I do for myself. But most importantly, I love to laugh, and and I really... Uh, find that the humor is what gets me through seeing um, the folly of it all because at the end of the day there really are only a few things that matter and that being the well-being of those that we love and our health well that's beautiful and and i think it is those those small practices and you know i think today this term mindfulness now is beginning a lot more press and people 
uh, or at least know what that is, but some of those practices that you have really tune you into the moment versus being in the past or in the future. Yes, and the mindfulness, we could talk another hour on mindfulness, and another another word that I really enjoy is, is resiliency, mm. because I think that both of those go hand in hand with being able to lead a happier life. And um, the mindfulness that I like to also practice is, for example, when I'm stuck in traffic, is in Los Angeles there is often traffic. Mm-hmm. It's tuning out the traffic and tuning into the sensations I'm feeling while I'm driving the car, which we often don't even pay attention to, how our hands feel when we touch the steering wheel, um, the way the windshield wipers uh, move or the noise that it makes if it's raining, and just being in our bodies, being in our space while the rest of the chaos is, is happening. Yeah, the rest of the chaos is happening. And it's nice to know that there are people like you who are out there helping us help others understand what is your happiness and uh, and how it can take you from a place of being a glass half empty to being uh, a glass brimming over with goodness and joy that is virtually and real um, a, a contagion, right, that can, yes. that can help others. And if we just smile more often, even when we're standing in that long line waiting for our coffee <laughs> in the morning. It's true. You know, have you seen the commercial with the guy that runs around saying, don't talk to me, I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> then the minute he has his coffee, he's happy. Wouldn't it be nice if we said, if we had a happy thought, right, yes. now you can talk to me, I've had a happy thought. <laughs> it doesn't cost us anything. It's true. So what's what's kind of the next big thing for you, Lisa? Because I know we're getting close to the end here. So, what what's kind of the next big project? Sounds like is, is it taking the film or or going more with your Harvest Happiness workshops or a combination? Um, it's growing the film base, getting it out there through the film festivals, continuing with the workshops, completing my book, which will be done in the midsummer, mm. and I'm also going to be working on another film project this time with my son on love. Wow. Using a very similar format, but moving on from happiness to love, which are so closely related. Yeah, well, now that your daughter wants to take over your job, you'll probably have <laughs> exactly. to find a new one. So hopefully she wants to take over the world, not yeah. just my job. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you. It's been wonderful. Everyone, you've been listening to Leadership Development News, and you can find Lisa Kamen at www.whatisyourhappiness.com. Thanks, Lisa. Thank, thank you so you. much, Lisa. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.